Some women impersonate Sex in the City's Carrie Bradshaw with vast closets full of fantastic clothing. Even Sarah Jessica Parker pretends to be Carrie Bradshaw when she walks the red carpet. However, there is one woman in New York City who, if he knew her, would have been Darren Starr's real muse. Let me introduce you to Susan S. Warner, the adorable petite blonde who at 59 lost her handsome, extraordinary husband to cancer six months after her wonderful 32-year-old son died by suicide. It's now four years later. After the most challenging days and nights, Susan decided to live her best life possible. And just like that, Susan was suddenly single. Carrie may have Susan beat on exposure, but Susan has Carrie beat on life's experiences. Listen in. The one being that has constantly been at Susan's side since her son David and then her husband Michael died six years ago is her handsome Scottish Terrier Winston. Everyone who owns a dog knows the irreplaceable comfort that a dog brings on a daily basis. When crisis strikes, their companionship is irreplaceable. Pets represent normalcy, consistency, devotion, tender love, no judgment, and loyalty. Susan's upcoming book, Never Say Never, Never Say Always, will devote a chapter to Winston because he holds a very special place in her life and recovery. He could probably tell us secrets about Susan no one knows. Winston is a major part of Susan's return to normalcy and a major part of her heart. Everyone who meets Winston knows he deserves so much credit. This podcast is devoted to him. Did you ever think what it would have been like if you didn't have Winston in your life? Winston is my fifth pet since childhood and my fourth Scotty. I can't imagine life without a pet and without a Scotty. He is um, part human, I believe. He is the most loving, devoted, dedicated companion that anybody could ever have. And no, I cannot imagine life without Winston. Mm. You know, I almost feel like we should be at the Oscars and the Emmys and giving him a trophy. (laughs) I would give him an Oscar any day. And it wouldn't be for acting. It would be for sheer love. Yes. And, and, and speaking to you all the time, I would be right there handing you the trophy to give to him. (laughs) I think anybody who knows me knows that it's, it's me and Winston. We are a duo. We are a pair. He is always with me. Um, He's always, I get, I walk down the street at least three times a day in New York. Someone will stop and say, he's so beautiful. My grandmother had a Scotty. What kind of dog is that? Can I take his picture? And he doesn't know it. He's very humble. And I know that he's just special. Winston is special. How old is he now? He's nine. And he's starting to get that beautiful salt and pepper around his face and his coat. At first, it scared me a little. And now I just think he's distinguished. That's beautiful. Why is he so important? In this loss, where I was flying solo, I had a steady companion that showed me unconditional love and and companionship with time. And in my book, you'll see passages where I say when things were rough or I was spinning in a place I shouldn't be, 
I saddled him up, meaning I put on his leash and out we went for a walk. And the morning walks I take with him, which I'm somewhat famous for in my building, two hours in the morning, three, 365 days a year that I'm in the city, I need the walk as much as he does. We go down to the river, I look at the water every day, be it here the beach or the water, the Hudson in the city. And I think, and I listen, I listen to the news and I listen to podcasts and I play ball with him. He doesn't require a lot of conversation. He just requires my companionship and my love. And he is, gives it back tenfold. So he takes this space up of being able to give love, of having someone with me. He'll sit by my feet at my desk. He sleeps with me. I will admit, since he was 12 weeks old, Winston has slept in my bed and never missed a night. Use your imagination and figure out where that goes. He sleeps mm -hmm. in my bed every single night. And he's there. He's there in the morning with a smile. He, he, he's a dog that looks you in the eyes, which is not common. And he has the most beautiful brown eyes. And I see that love when I go to bed at night and he, he snuggles in Michael's spot on the bed. And when I wake up in the morning with that tail thumping and those eyes smiling at me. So why wouldn't I want that next to me every day? Hmm. When you go out for two-hour walks, I mean, it could be, 20 degrees out. You actually stay yes. out two hours? It can be zero. Winston has a beautiful array of sweaters, and he looks very handsome. And I bundle up, and we, we stay out two hours. I, I often meet my friends, and I go from 76th Street to 96th Street to meet them. So that's a mile each way there and back. We go down to the river. He plays ball every morning. He plays ball. He's great at fetch. Scotties aren't supposed to fetch, but he does. And he runs around after squirrels and he greets his friends. And we are out usually for a solid between an hour and a half and two hours. Yes, no matter what the weather. And what does that time do for you? Clears my head, helps me sort out my day, helps me sort out problems that I'm thinking about. Sometimes allows me to speak to Michael and David with earphones in so people don't think I'm insane. Mm -hmm. um, but it lets me breathe. And it lets me be free and it gets me in touch with the world. And that's key. When Winston hasn't been with me for a day, be it he's with my daughter or he, I kept him out at the beach when I came back, I don't get out of my apartment like that. And in New York City, in your apartment, you can really spin. You can really get isolated. But with him, leash on, outside, smile at doormen, smile at people on the street. He interacts with dogs. I interact with owners. I see my friends. I become a whole person by 7.30 in the morning. Get my coffee. It's a great routine, and it's good for both of us. It exhausts him for the rest of the day, and it's healthy for both of us. It's kept him in shape as well. He's very muscular and very athletic, and I think that's really good for his health as well. Well, it certainly is good for your well-being, your mind, and uh, too bad we all don't have that. But And my 10,000 steps that I get in before 9 o'clock. That's, un that's unbelievable. Yeah. I, um, I think everyone who uh, owns a dog and listens to this podcast is going to be nodding their head. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. That's, they're finally hearing it out loud. <laughs> How do you know that he knew what was really going on? Dogs are very intuitive and they're very in line with their owner's emotions. Winston is um, a bit of a one owner dog in that um, he's very protective of me. When Michael was sick, 
he was very protective of Michael. He would lay on his bed when Michael was then in bed all day, every day. And there was an incident where with carriers, they're hunters. And if you move your hands under the bed covers, he'll think it's an animal and he'll die for it. And mm. we were all sitting around talking to Michael and my brother-in-law was there and he kept doing it. And I said, please don't. And Winston bit him through the covers. He thought there was something there that was going to hurt Michael. He wow. actually needed a stitch. Yeah. And mm. he's not that dog, but he thought that Michael was threatened and he thought there was something under there that was going to get him and he went for it. Yeah. He was very, very intuitive, stayed very close to Michael. You know, I, I've said he was protecting him from the intruder, but the ultimate intruder, which was his cancer one, mm -hmm. took his took half of his master away from him. Since that point, Winston is so very much my dog and so protective of me. It's extraordinary. If we're walking on Broadway late at night and there's someone who he thinks is unsavory, you'll hear the low growl start. You'll hear him plant his feet. And not because I'm afraid. It's not like I pulled on the leash. He reacts. It's really extraordinary. He is, it, it, when someone comes to the door, he's all mouth because he's telling them that, you know, I'm there and he's going to protect me. And, and he's very extremely protective. The only person that he doesn't react that way towards is my daughter, Elizabeth, who people have commented, we think he thinks we're sometimes the same person. Hmm. Maybe it's pheromones. Maybe we have the same scent. We look alike. He is as protective of her as he is of me. He knows she's, she's really a baby. Yep. Or that we're just so similar. You mm -hmm. know, we're that core unit that he needs to protect, even though he doesn't see her as much. Mm -hmm. And he gets so excited when she comes to see him. I mean, he's out of control. And that can be weeks. So he definitely has this memory and, and a very strong feeling as to who she is and certainly who I am. Does he tell you things? Yes. Yes. He tells me when he thinks there's danger. He tells me if he jumps on me, he has to go out. He doesn't, he's not a jumper. Um, if there's something he wants, he will lead me to it. And that's everything from food to, I could be sitting in a room and he starts barking at me because there's a ball under a couch. Like, how does he know? He's <laughs> one of the smartest animals I've ever known. His vocabulary, and this is from my girlfriends who are dog people, he must have a hundred word vocabulary. From breakfast to ball to park to his friends, do you want to see Sophie? He, he goes, he heads towards 90th Street. He can take me every day to my old apartment on 90th Street without me ever having to leave him. And when I go a different way, he'll push me like across the street. Wow. And it's been, it's been five years, four years since we've been out of that apartment. Oh, yeah. He's, he is the smartest intuitive animal, I, I hate to call him an animal, dog I've ever known. Right. His vocabulary is just enormous. His ability to understand words and emotion. Like if I drop a cup and it breaks and I'll, I'll curse, he comes running with, you know, his eyes up and his tail wagging like, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? Mm -hmm. He has such an intuitive nature. If I curse over anything, a phone call, uh, an emotion, he's so intuitively there to comfort me. Mm. Yeah. It's like having your best friend in the apartment with you who is right. aloof and easy and doesn't require a whole lot, but love. Mm -hmm. You know, it's pretty amazing. Well, he's been, you know, I wanted to say he's been through a lot. So he learned. He's been through a lot. Yeah. And I say that to people, you know, when they say Winston's so handsome, my response is, and he's a good boy. 
because it shouldn't just be about that. I had a funny story that a woman stopped me on the street in New York City and said, is he a show dog? He's that beautiful. And I said, no, actually, he's too big. And she she put her hands on her hips and said, that's not nice. You shouldn't say that in front of him. I said, he doesn't know that he's too big. Like, it's okay. So now if someone says to me, is he a show dog? I just say retired. It's easier than getting into it with yes. somebody. Oh, that's yeah, much wonderful. easier. But yes, he has been through so much with me and the moves and the changes and 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 also he is very endeared by the time I spend with him mm. I spend a lot of time with him I spend you know when I'm writing I spend days with him you know nights we're together he is he's good about letting me leave but he loves the fact and he, when we're out east and the house is busy and I'm home most of the time he's in sheer heaven he does love my company. It might be across the room. He's aloof. I've been told by men I date that we have similar personalities. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 he loves the love and the attention, but at a distance. And he just knows I'm there. Like right now, he's sitting next to me. He heard my voice and he's sitting next to me. Well, does he know this whole podcast is about him? Not yet. Maybe he'll tell me at the end that he heard it all. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> What does he really represent to you after all these years? Unconditional love, stability, kindness, companionship. I can attribute all those things to my Scotty. He is, as I said, the perfect man. He's, he's short, dark, and handsome, though he's not tall. But he is so loving and so forgiving and non-judgmental. The amount of stories that I have told to him, the tears I've spilled on his fur, the you know the love that I have shown and he has shown me. You know, I'll say to him, "Let me just squeeze you." I just could squeeze him. He is my rock in some mm-hmm. regards, mm-hmm. which is frightening because dogs just don't live long enough. Right. Well, you've been very yeah, very lucky. Beyond. Beyond. You know, my last Scotty, who was a, an angel, his name was Benji. He was a white Scotty. Winston's a black Scotty. He died at six. He was born ill. And I did everything I could to keep him alive. He had a GI. He had Crohn's, which is very unusual for a dog. And I was so scarred by that that I said I was going to wait to get a dog. And about six weeks later, Winston entered my life. Out here, out mm-hmm. east, I started with him. And it's been just I, the minute that the breeder handed this dog to me, my heart filled. I just love him so much. That's so wonderful. I, I will say he's been my best animal, and mm-hmm. maybe because of what we've been through together, maybe oh, because absolutely. of the point of my life I'm in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. He's incredible. Why do you keep Why do you keep pick, picking Scotties? <laughs> you know, most people are married to breeds who are real dog lovers, and I had a Scotty growing up. It was a Scotty mutt named Whiskers. And I didn't name him, dog came named. And then when Michael and I were going to get our first dog when David was two, Michael wanted a Cocker Spaniel. At the time, they were overbred. And I said, I'd really like a Scotty. And of course, he acquiesced. And we got our first Scotty, Willie. And then it became, I looked at other breeds and I look at when, at Scotty's eyes and it holds my heart. They just have the most beautiful, expressive faces. They're smart. Um, they're independent. They do not shed. They're hair dogs. They don't even have dandruff. Oh, I love um, that. He has, oh. he has to be clipped at a very expensive haircut every six weeks. But mm-hmm. he has a skirt and his back is clipped and he has eyebrows and a beard. And um, he has to be maintained and bathed frequently because he has hair like a human. Mm-hmm. So that was part of it, too. And mm-hmm. that's what we knew. We knew. And then one my, after my Scotty, 
they're just they have my they hold my heart love mm-hmm. them love them yeah, and there he is <laughs> he's barking does, right now does winston follow your mood swings Winston doesn't follow my mood swings. He understands them. When I'm sad, he stays with me. If I don't feel well, he will stay in the bed and not move, not ask to go out, not ask for anything. He definitely understands wow. sadness and, and anger and, and laughter and playfulness. Yes, he's incredibly intuitive, incredibly intuitive. That's amazing to hear. I mean, it's not surprising, <laughs> but, you know. He is an amazing that... boy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He is. He's an amazing boy. It's interesting because my granddaughter's coming to stay with me for six weeks out east, and mm-hmm. Winston is not fond of children. He has not grown up with them. He doesn't understand them. He dislikes their erratic moods. So we're going to do a little dance to teach him about the baby. I will, as an owner, never leave the baby on the floor with Winston. As mm-hmm. much as I think he is my heart and soul, I know that animals are animals. Mm -hmm. But I think when he sees our love for her, and he will be jealous, I'm sure, but once he sees how we treat her, I'm sure he will get used to it. But it's going to be interesting to see him evolve emotionally as an older man with a baby and then a toddler and a child, because right now they scare the hell out of him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's going to be a journey too. Has he changed over the years? Like, like you move forward, but not beyond. I mean, do you see? Completely, completely. Mm. When Winston was a young, young lad, a young dog, he was more aggressive. He was less loving. He was more aggressive. And, and as, particularly after Michael and David died, he became far more docile. Now, is that coincidence? Because at that point, he was a little bit older maybe but he's become far more far more docile and far more understanding and um far more loving hmm. absolutely now that could also reflect my needs you know it's a chicken and an egg i don't know which came first hmm. but he is definitely living his best life and i know he's a happy boy and he loves the love and he loves the attention i also tell a funny story that men in my life try to win winston over immediately because everybody knows the way to my heart is my daughter and my dog. <laughs> sharing, yes, so, sharing, absolutely. Uh-huh. So, you know, oh, do you want me to walk him for you? Oh, I brought Winston a toy today. You know, let's take Winston for a walk. And I'm like, do you really like my dog or are you just ingratiating yourself? But mm-hmm. if Winston did not like someone I was with, that would be the end of it. Because I think he's intuitive and, and he's my keeper. He knows, So. Yes. He knows. So, so mm-hmm. people are very quick to ingratiate themselves with Winston. Mm-hmm. They know the way to my heart. Mm-hmm. You told me something special about Winston making cemetery visits with you and what happens. What is that all about? Yeah. So Michael and David, as I've said before, are buried out here in Sag Harbor in a very bucolic little cemetery, which I, have, um, I find very comforting to go to. Winston, who travels with me most everywhere, loves to go it's open space and there's woods and invariably every time we go to michael stone he lays down Hmm. almost as if he understands as i mean he does understand as if he needs to connect at david's because david didn't live with us with winston you know he was older he he's there he sniffs around he stays with me but at michael's at michael's grave he lays down in front of the stone and it's, it's just so heartwarming. I know he understands. 
Mm-hmm. And we've had a few cemetery visits where strange things have happened where like there was a deer, which he will intuitively chase, who just stood there frozen staring at us. And Winston did not chase him. He just looked back. Mm-hmm. It, it, was in, it was near David, and I believe that maybe it was a sign from David. Wow, nature, but, but nature. In, yeah, and where Winston's intuition is to chase, and I've had trouble with that out here in the country, mm-hmm. he just mm-hmm. stood there and stared at this deer who just stared back at him. It was incredible. So he seems to be very intuitive at the cemetery. Um, he understands. I feel like the, he needs his body to touch the earth. That's, mm-hmm. I, mean, I just feel like mm-hmm. it's like, you know, like. Or to connect where Michael to connect yeah. where Michael mm-hmm. is. You know, yeah. I have a saying with him that I'm going to eat him up and just leave his ears for daddy. And mm-hmm. I still say it. And I swear he understands. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh. He's, he's my good boy. <clears throat> it's, uh, it's, it's very comforting to hear, I must say. Um, I'm glad you shared pets that. Are, we all know that, that pets and animals are very, very therapeutic. So there's therapeutic riding for children with emotional problems and physical handicaps and pets are used now in hospitals. They're bringing German shepherds and labs and I think into hospital rooms and letting them sit with the children and the patients for comfort. And my friend used to take her dog to a um, assisted living home where she was, it was called the good dog and they're in the city and they are very comforting to the clients there. So we know there's a healing process with pets. So it's not surprising that one-on-one, this process is incredible. Yeah. But this is something much closer than that. This is a spirit. I'm afraid it is. This is a spirit, you know, that, uh, you know, it's like almost like I feel like a vehicle that needs to be filled up. So he lays down on the ground to get filled up again until he Mm -hmm. gets the opportunity to return to that same spot. Wow. That's a great way to look at it. Well, like all I could say is that, People that are going to listen to this podcast, they're just going to eat this up. It's unbelievable. If you are a dog lover and you do have your connection to your animal, you will completely understand. Completely. Um, Why are there three walks a day with Winston that is so important? I know the first one you talked to us about, but now I'm thinking about it again and how you take him out so much and you spend so much time outdoors. Why is that, like, the airing so important? Um, first of all, he has to go. Second of all, particularly days when I'm in my apartment writing, it's so healthy for me to get out, to see people, to make the contact. I'm one of those people that does make eye contact with people and like does say good morning to people and do have the conversations. And it keeps me connected to my neighborhood and my city. And it's, it's ritualistic. You know, the last walk of the night is symbolic of us you know, shutting mm-hmm. down the day. Mm-hmm. So it, it holds my day together as a person. It gives me structure in days that I don't have as much structure, particularly when I'm in, you know, working with students or, or writing, where my day could get locked into one room. It gives me a reason to get out and see the world and, and, and follow the structure of morning, noon, and night. And I think that's really healthy, and I think that gives me – better recovery because I do see people, I do interact with people, and I do hold structure to my day. I think that that's really important for people. Do you feel that way when you're in the country? Yeah, we still have our rituals out here. So get up in the morning, I walk him on the country road, he does what he has to do, then we jump in the car and we go to Hampton Coffee, 
and we pick up our coffee and then I take him into town and we do a really long loop where he can chase rabbits and things. Mm -hmm. And then we play during the day. He's pretty much free during the day to do what he wants. And then at night we do our last walk. So it does hold structure there too. Not as strongly as the city because the isolation in the city can be greater. You know, you get lost in your own world there. Out mm -hmm. here, I don't have that as much because I do have more people around me for the most part, except when I'm very alone. And then the structure is really good for us. I always make sure we take a walk in town so we see people so that he sees dogs. Yeah, it, it holds structure to my day and, and makes us interact with people and dogs. How does Winston feel about your new friends? <laughs> well, as I've told you before, my new friends always want to be on Winston's good side. Mm -hmm. um, it's very funny. Arthur had Winston for the weekend when I went away with Elizabeth this winter. And like he basically wanted to wrap him in, um, you know, bubble wrap and not let anything. He said, if anything ever happened to Winston on my watch, I wouldn't know what to do. Like, that would be unforgiving. So I think that it was a very tense time for him, although they bonded. but. Everybody knows that if you're going to be me, you're going to be Winston. Winston's going to come in the car. If you drive with me, he's going to sit on your lap. And he's very endearing. And people, you know, my friends and, you know, relationships like it. But everybody knows if, you, if you're going to love me, you're going to love Winston. It were a package deal. You are so proud of Winston, aren't you? I am. <laughs> to a point of embarrassment, I have to say, yes. Mm -hmm. Like a child, I am very proud of him. I'm proud of his dog activities, his human-like activities, his love for me, his companionship, his protectiveness. Yes, I am very – and he's so handsome. I hate to admit that, but he, he is a showstopper. I take great pride that, in his collar and leash. Yeah. But that gives you constant positive energy, so that's so wonderful yes. to hear because there are many yes. people that you know have pets that – you know, they love them, but they see them like kind of handicapped. You know, that's not. Yeah, the, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't. He's a, he's a vital part of my life and very, very important to me. And I take great pride in him. I do. <laughs> it's embarrassing as I have to admit that. Well, why is he different from other dogs? His his intelligence, honestly, and, and I have people in my life that will actually back that up. His intuitiveness his ability to understand and to back off when he needs to back off, to be there when he needs to be there. You know, if I say, Winston, we're going to the park, he heads to the park. You know, Winston, we're going to do this. You know, wow. if he doesn't want to walk, mm -hmm. I'll say, Winston, we have to go to CVS. And he'll go. He has a very incredible yeah. understanding. <clears throat> and he makes life easy for me. He does. He makes life easy and he makes life sweeter. It, it, it's just wonderful to hear. What is the smartest, smartest thing about him? I mean, I think you just said it. I mean, yeah, it's definitely his vocabulary, but it's definitely his vocabulary. And as I said, my friend Anne, who's very into dogs and very intuitive, we were walking the other day and we were at the tennis courts and he saw a ball about 10 feet in the air stuck in the fence. And he identified it and barked at it and jumped on the fence. She said, how did he ever make that connection? he's just got, he's just, he's a very, very smart animal, which makes it easier to relate to because it's like having a friend around, you know, I can talk to him. I can take him places. He's incredible in stores. Like if we go into Sephora, they're like, this dog just fits. He knows how to behave and he does it well. And he's a great companion. Isn't he does what amazing. I need to do when I need to do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he likes are it. Amazing. Yeah. That's extraordinary and i'm sure it comes from a lot of time spent together 
and also with a Scotty particularly, you have to declare your dominance because they can be a very opinionated, very stubborn breed. So particularly after Michael died, I had to make sure that Winston knew I was in control. And that's where the big shift came. And he defers to me. And if I tell him, like, he has to behave, then he behaves. Mm -hmm. You know, he has to be quiet. He's quiet. He has a very strong understanding of behavior. And that's made it great for the two of us. So you saying that other Scottish Terriers don't do that? They're known to be unfriendly and not particularly nice. And when people approach me on the street, the first thing they'll say is, is he friendly? Yeah, he is. And oh, wow. I mean, does he love to be, but does he love to be petted by other people? Not necessarily. He, he's, he's a Scotsman. He's standoffish. He behaves. Um, but, but he likes other dogs his size. And um, the only thing about a Scotty is if he's threatened, like if a dog, a big dog paws him or gets too aggressive, he'll fight to the death. He will not back off. So as an owner, you have to be really, really in tune with how he's feeling and if he's threatened and then move away. You can't say, oh, it's cute because a Scotty will go for it. They will defend themselves. Mm -hmm. And that, but most people think that Scotties aren't nice. And my um, experience with Scotties is they are. And I think it's all about the owner. It is, it's, a, it's a dog that you need to work with, like a lab or a golden, where they're just born to be friendly and wag their tails and want to be petted. You don't really need to work with them. With terriers particularly, you have to you know, make sure you're dominant and make sure that they're submissive and that you're in control. And we've established that, and it works for both of us. But they are work. You know, to get a good Scotty, you need to know how to handle them. And I got a good one. That's for sure. Oh, you certainly do. But, but you also <laughs> understand them. So I'm sure there are a lot of owners that have different opinions, but they don't, you know, they didn't take the opportunity to understand, you know, getting, Correct. The, best, getting the best of the breed. You know, They're so. also not common dogs. They require grooming, et cetera. And, and Scotty's were, they're the longest sitting dog in the White House. So FDR had Fala for 12 mm-hmm. years. And mm-hmm. then the Bushes had Betsy mm-hmm. and Barney. And they are the single longest sitting dog. And they were mean, the longest sitting dog in the White House. Um, mm-hmm. But because they were overbred for a while, they, had a, they died young. They had a lot of diseases. They were trying to bring in Russian Scotties to dilute the bloodline. I, I'm sure that that's not happening now. But getting Scotties is not an easy task. They're, they're not a very common breed. And because they're also used in cartoons so much, you know, it, he's Jacques and Lady and the Tramp. And apparently right. there's a new a new um, animation out right now that has a Scotty that all the little kids are talking about when he walks by. I'm not sure what it is, but he's been used often because they're so handsome and, and angular. On the side, do not enter the park or do not enter someplace with the dog. It's always a Scotty with an X through it because they, mm-hmm. they're so they're so caricatured. So Scotty's, you know, Scotty socks and Scotty blankets and Scotty salt and pepper shakers. So you know, Jonathan Adler does Scotty Scotty salt and pepper shaker so it's a very caricatured dog so when people see them they get all excited so, and, so and that that's so always much cute. fun so much yeah. fun he's, um he is okay our last question for today why does he love you so because i love him so because i have shown my dog unconditional love and for instance like i read once that if he runs after a deer out in front of my lawn when he comes back, don't yell at him, reward him for coming back. So I 
discipline Winston through love. I talk to him through love. I give him his space. I just love him unconditionally as he loves me unconditionally. And that has made a great combination for the two of us. So well said. <laughs> this, this has been such an enjoyable podcast. And, you know, yeah. as a former owner of three dogs, I, I get everything you're saying and so so much reinforcement and so much love and so much joy out of this. Yep. So I thank you on behalf love. of all pet lovers. I don't care what their pet is, a goldfish. They get what you're saying. <laughs> and And you know what? It's so important in life and it's so important for the journey that you've been through, that we just had to do this and we look forward, really forward, to reading what you say about him uh, in your book. And he's honored. He's like probably the most, going to be one of the most popular honored uh, animals, <laughs> dogs, pets, you know, in the universe. So we thank well, you for well, that. If anybody, if anybody wants me to do any readings or any publicity, I'm happy to bring Winston with me. Oh, you definitely will. No question about it. Good. Okay, thank you. Thanks. See you next time. Bye-bye.